I know that I treated my wife way better when we were dating, courting. And something flipped with me and I developed this mentality or thought of how our marriage was going to go. I changed to a different person. Not the same person my wife fell in love with. One of the things that I had to realize about myself was that came from somewhere. I had that pictured in my head and somebody influenced that decision. And I felt so, so influenced by it that I said, oh, yeah, (laughs) once we get off this honeymoon, this is how things are going to be. Caesar Walker, the cool, calm, collected one. And I'm Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for the black male's perspective. Walker! Watching, can you Peace and blessings, everyone. We want to welcome you to our latest and greatest episode. And shout out to all of our listeners, both new and old. We appreciate you guys for hanging out with us, even if it is for a little while. All of the guys are here as usual. Gatry, how are you doing? Walker, um, my extroverted energy is on 10. I've had a great week. Um, had a lot of people. Had a lot of energy. You so I'm great. Oh, my goodness. So many people, so many opportunities to extrovert out here. I could not be doing any better. Good for you. Black, how are you You seem drained by me just saying that. (laughs) I'm doing good as usual. Uh, Not as hype as our man get, but I'm good. Awesome. Walker, Hmm? how you be, bro? I feel sleepy. Do you really? Yeah. Is it because I've held you here longer than I normally do? I feel like you as it gets like closer to eight. No, you don't feel that bad. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> no, but I'm good. Cool. Had a good week, productive week. All is well. All is well with the world with me. Nice, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for showing up. Anytime. Anytime. Tomorrow. I, I can't guarantee I'll keep showing up, but you're welcome as of today. <laughs> um... Let's check in, man. Let's do it. We've talked about it. Let's make it happen. So a few weeks back, a few weeks back, we decided, I believe it was on the episode, we got health goals, I believe. Yes. We made a decision that we were going to do, make some adjustments in terms of health as it pertains to diet. Correct. Right. So we were all going to hold each other accountable. We didn't really check in a lot over the phone per se. Well, Black Um, tried to. That flopped. <laughs> well, I, I think he he had every intentions of doing it anyway, even though we, we basically said it just just for the record, his text said M Day. It did say M Day. That so could it, be anything. But I took it as Memorial Day. I took it as Martin Luther King Day. And I sent it on Mother's Day. More on that later. <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> we ghosted him. No, we didn't. We did. We interacted. Yeah. We did okay. We didn't go. We, we both, okay. answered, we both right. answered, but he didn't respond. <laughs> which that should have told that me. Was, every, that should have told me everything. That was probably on that, after he that, had his dream. More, <laughs> more on that later. More on that later. Um, 
you do you would you like to go first in yeah. terms of how you've been going? Absolutely. Been and I'm gonna start off by shouting out the guy, John Owens. Um what I didn't get a get, get a chance to share here was uh, on May 2nd, which was I think was the week we started or the week before we started, uh, we got health goals. Uh, I met with John Owens, you know, just to tell him like where I am, where I'm trying to be and things like that. So uh, I'm officially a client of his now, which I think is really great. And um, I'll give you the good news first. Uh, since working with John, I have at the time of this recording, shaved 10.7 pounds off of this burly frame that you see beside you congratulations sir thank you um we talked about we talked about simplicity as john owen shared on our podcast as we shared between the three of us um the only thing that john changed for me was he took away my snacks yeah, you you mentioned that. Did I mention that here? Yeah, you mentioned that. But Walker, can I can I go? Can I really sink into this? Sure. He took away all of them. <laughs> all, well, let, don't let me say he took them away because it's not like he came to my house and raided them. But he said, "Hey, I got really big goals for you that you'll hit this year. This is the first step." Because you know, I did. I logged all my food and all that stuff. Gave him my logs. That was true. I was true, and he was just like, "Dude, your snacking's out of control." So I was just. I don't know, man. I was dumbfounded because all I've done for the most part, he implemented one, one new thing just this week. But for the most part, I've just taken snacks out of my diet and I've lost weight every week. So, um, three, three, this, this week I've got, I'm up to four meals, (laughs) but before I was at three meals Mm -hmm. and you remember he was talking about the precision stuff, like the hand and the, all that stuff, just adhering to that as much as I can you know, I'm not going to be perfect every time, but it got to get pretty close. Yeah, man. Results. I'm happy with it. Good, good. Any moments of weakness? Yes. Uh, so one of the one of the struggles I have is um, planning, meal planning, mm-hmm. and um, m- most particularly lunch. So there are there are several days since May second that I have not eaten lunch, and so you know what happens then snack well well you're you tempted to snack yeah yeah you're enticed to snack and then uh you gotta lean into that willpower and i gotta shout out john again because he told me he's like dude when you want a snack just text me and you know we'll, we'll do something and he's been available so i've been doing that drinking a lot of water when i think i want a snack taking walks things like that anyway um but the the constant struggle or constant moments of weakness have been when i haven't planned out a lunch and then i get home and then, like, before I even let the garage door down, I can hear the pantry saying, come on, Ronnie, we miss you. <laughs> so so having to having to go into the house and act like the pantry's not there and forcing myself to go to the fridge and maybe get some grapes. I got these carrots that are nasty. But just because I don't, it, it's, it's so crazy. Like, I've taken real inventory how I felt when I thought I wanted a snack. And most of the times I'm not hungry. I just want to be crunching on something. You know what I mean? And so the carrots satisfy that. And, you know, I'll do that. I'll get that hunger out of the way, chug some water, and I'll just, like, hang out until dinner. And then, I mean, I survive, right? So You ain't thought about chewing gum? Uh, I have not. Like a sugar-free? I have not thought about that. That's a good idea, though. Okay. And, and you run that by him and see what he thinks. Okay. Um, and even today, and, and, you know, I played in a golf tournament earlier today. And uh, this is a golf tournament I played in every year the past three years since pandemic. 
And uh, I know that the only thing they serve are hamburgers. And so since I don't eat red meat, I had to think about like, okay, what's going to, how am I going to maneuver this? I'm going to be out in the sun. I'm going to get hungry and I can't snack. So like, what do I need to do? And uh, I loaded up on breakfast, which was good. That got me through about 13, 14 holes. But after that, like the stomach started growling. The people I was playing with could hear, you know, it's kind of embarrassing, but it was just like. It's kind of quiet out there. When I was, when I was <laughs> right. So, um, but that, that was, the, I had a moment of weakness because just about every hole they had like chips. They had these, you know, the the peanut butter crackers, you know, the the sodas, the beer, you know, like all this stuff. And I'm just like beer okay. on a hot day. Yeah, dude. Beer and golf go hand in hand, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not a golfer, so I went. okay. Uh, but it was just you know, John and I pre-gamed it. I told him what I was going to be up against. He prepared me to deal with that, and I was able to execute. Drank a lot of water, which which helped a little bit. But when the golf tournament was over, <laughs> I had my order and Chick Fil A ready. The Chick Fil A app, you know, grill. I think I got a grill sandwich or something like that, and uh, eight grilled nuggets. Went <laughs> breeze through, picked that up. Got that protein in, hunger out of the way, proceed on. So, yeah. Good job, man. And congratulations. Thank you. On, on losing Thank you. Pounds, man. Appreciate that. So, how are you feeling moving forward? Uh, well, I'm locked in with John. <laughs> so, you're going to keep going? I got to because he told me how long we're going to do this. End of the year. Until 12 31 22. Is that this year? Yeah. So um, he's got stuff he says I'm going to hit. What is it? Not 22? No, it's just it sort of sounds like a goal. But go ahead. He has goals. I don't have any. Okay. Th- these are his goals. Okay. For me. Mm-hmm. Black. T- talk to me about about how the past few weeks have been for you. Well, uh, mine has been interesting. Like, I guess what I'm cutting out pretty much is like sugary drinks and alcoholic beverages. Yeah, you know, kind of depends on the occasion. Yeah. So like, uh, usually Monday through Friday, I'm good. All I have is water Mm -hmm. Monday through Friday, but then the weekend hits. (laughs) So this is even before, before we started this. Before well, we started the plan, or is this during the plan when you made the adjustment? Uh, what do you mean? When you said you do well during the week, is this is this a typical week or is this? It's typical. Like I don't okay. like as long as I have water, I'm good. All I drink is water during the week, but on the weekend things change. Like Mother's Day, it was a party type atmosphere, and then this past weekend, I guess you may know the scenario where you have a good friend and. While they're in a relationship, you hear nothing from them. When they break up, they become available and want to hang out. Want to turn up? Yeah. So that happened this weekend. So mm-hmm. he was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Chilling." He's like, "Let's go to a bar." So we went to a tequila bar, had some drinks. Then we went to Kaya a Co- Kaya Coco. That's a rum bar. Oh. Tequila bar was Maya Will. Oof. But after Talk Maya, to me. But after Maya Will, we went to a rum bar. Kaya Coco. Kaya Coco. Which is so, which is a ill spot, by the way, but go ahead. Yeah, so I've had I had probably a total of You didn't even th- check in, huh? 
check in. I'm doing it now. I'm After the fact. <laughs> After the fact. But as soon as Monday hit, I was back on the water. <laughs> so you didn't stop. I so you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you, you had moments, but you kept, you kept going, going through it during the week. Now, were you, were you doing this prior to our health challenge? Well, going during the week without like drinking water and, and being good there. Yeah. But the thing about it is, it's like, I usually have like events playing like a party or going to a bar. So it's usually not even an issue. I can have water all seven days, but those like are the that only pop- two moments. Those are only yeah. two, two instances you had. Yeah. Cause I don't even like, I don't even buy soda anymore. Like all I have is water in the house. You, you lost weight recently, right? Like last year? Did you? Yeah. When I cut soda out. Mm. I cut soda and I cut white bread. And you added boot camp. And I was doing workouts in addition to like playing ultimate. Are you kind of in maintenance mode right now? Uh, I quit going to the gym temporarily to let my knee rest for a while. But I'll probably start to back up probably in July. Do uh, ultimate for a month and then add back the uh, workouts. Okay. Okay. So you just kind of maintaining and, and making an adjustment in terms of sugary drinks and alcoholic beverages. Yeah. I mean, if I feel better when I'm not drinking the sugary drinks. So you felt better over the past? Oh, yeah. Well, good. Okay. That's progress. Yeah. Should, I, yeah. What, yeah, do, what yeah. am I doing here? So you turned up with mama on Mother's Day. But that was only one drink. Oh. All right. Gatry doesn't believe you based on his facial expressions, but he I, needs, I'll take I'll He take. needs two more people. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I started, um, I kind of done something similar. I didn't have, I don't have a, you know, I guess a weight loss specialist working with me, but I, what I have done is I've done a lot of meal plans over the past few years. I've had mixed results, and what I did is I took a lot of my the favorite things I liked from those individual plans and curated my own plan. And my idea behind that is I felt like this would be a lot more sustainable than doing an extreme diet or meal plan, right? And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people binge or lose their results is once you come off of that plan, you don't have nothing to replace it with that you can sustain right especially if it's a very extreme plan so this is not really that extreme it's been very doable for me um I, i've kind of cataloged some of the things that i've done like in the morning i'm i'm trying to get um i usually eat a fruit i usually try to get in a good bit of protein um i take like vitamins and all that in the morning right um i'm drinking at least a gallon of water a day um, I'm eating like five meals a day, um, but it's all lean. So on my real intense workouts, Tuesdays and Thursdays, that's when I introduce carbs, but they're complex. So I'm eating oatmeal in the morning and I'm even throwing a little bit of protein powder with that with eggs. Um, and like I'm snacking, but it's, I think I mentioned to you guys, like it's an apple, some 
little hand. I only think it's really a handful of mixed nuts, but nuts um, for my fat. And then I'll do like a, a yogurt, high protein yogurt, right? Then I'll do my lunch, turkey patty, asparagus, spinach. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm eating really clean and taking in a lot of water because I'm trying to like, I want to see like, the lines in my stomach again mm. and I'm they're starting to come back. I've lost since we did this plan. I have lost six pounds. So simple. Yeah. Simple things. Yeah. So it's, it's been great, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the progress. Um, and I, and I think this is, this is dope. I think this is dope that we did this question for both of you guys. I know we're sharing it here on the pod, but in your in your social social circles outside of this podcast, are y'all sharing what you're doing in terms of like weight loss? Yeah, um, I haven't really shared it with. I think I've talked to some of the guys on the war report, but it wasn't okay. like made. It wasn't a big announcement or nothing like that. Okay, they know I work out a lot and, and do different stuff. So. Okay, well, I, I know for well, Black you. No, I haven't shared it with anyone. Okay, I know for me. Um, in our office, there are snacks galore. Like, there's always somebody bringing in chips, cookies, the whole nine, candy, candy galore. And uh, there was one afternoon I was at work, and, I mean, my stomach was, <laughs> it, it was loud. Like, you could hear it. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my coworkers came with a bag of chips, and she was just like, hey, Ronnie, Ronnie, I, you're obviously hungry. You're not going to get something to eat. Please just grab these chips. I don't want you to be hungry. And it was that obvious. Yeah, like that. That's that's one thing. That's one thing about this. Like my stomach growls a lot, a lot. But it's just like it's not the end of the world. Like I can still function. It's not like I'm. You know, it's not like I'm about to pass out or anything. It's just part of it. But um, I had to it, going back to the chip situation. I had to like I had to own that, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later too. But I had to own that. You know, I was just like, no, um, thank you. Number one, but I've cut out snacks. My snacking's out of control. It's led me to, you know, not not be a healthy weight. So as of right now, I'm cutting out snacking. And like, <laughs> I was so relieved after I said that, you know, and it was, she was just like, oh, well, okay. Well, are you going to get something to eat? And I was like, yeah, at some point, this is one of the days I skip lunch. Um, yeah, I'll get something to eat at some point, but. You know, I'm just going to, for now, I'm just going to keep drinking this water. And uh, if it gets bad enough and I'm disturbing people, I'll just go take a walk, which I've done a lot of that. I've done a lot of walking. <laughs> you don't have a door? No, no. Okay. Not in this particular office. So, yeah. But, yeah, I was just curious if y'all are, if y'all are, like, out there with it. No, I mean, not really. Okay. Not really. But um, as much as I eat, like, uh, people know I'm doing something. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it's just like... Yeah, I mean, when, when when me and Black worked together, he could tell I was on a health kick. Well, I remember that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like I don't really have to announce, or you know what I mean. Gotcha. Kind of a given. So, okay. Um, I did have a moment. I want to say a moment of weakness. I really didn't have a moment of weakness because I I incorporated fruit in certain moments where I felt like snacking or eating something sweet. Um, grapes have. 
grapes are so me, clutch. Gotten me through, and it's and just a handful. It's not a lot. It's not like I'm just downing them. Right. So once I get eat those, I'm good. You're good. Like my sweet tooth has been curbed. Bro, Costco has these things called candy grapes, mm-hmm. and they're in the produce section. They're grapes, but they're like a candy blend, and like the label is not lying. Like you're eating these grapes, and it tastes like candy. These things are insane, man. Insane. And that I, I know in our, one of our last podcasts or one of our older podcasts, I asked if you were Costco. And then we got gang affiliated and I forgot what I was asking you that for. That was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Costco gang gang. Yeah. I, I said the other company and you, yeah, the look you gave me. I don't even know of any other company. What, what do we. That's not necessary. So. About a week ago, a little over a week as you're hearing this, uh, neighbors of mine celebrated. They had a birthday party for their daughter who turned one. And you know how parents can get with their when their child turns I one. have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, of course you don't. So they invited us over, you know, just a lot of people, you know, in the neighborhood or whatever, and had a big old ordeal. And we went there and my wife, my wife was also on a, on a health kick of her own. I think she's lost maybe like eight pounds nice. around the same time or a little bit before, but she, she's, she's seeing a lot of progress. And so, uh, it was like, get some food. My wife was like, you know, I think I may want to try a little bit of the cake. She was like, you want some? I was like, no, I think I'm good actually. But she got some and you know, we, we took it, took it home and I was like, you know, I was because she was hesitant. I said, get the cake. Go ahead and get the cake. I'll taste some. I didn't say eat the cake. Anime. <laughs> I already know what you're thinking. <laughs> but I was like, we can, I can taste it with you. You don't have to eat it all. So she was like, cool. So I took two, maybe three bites tops. She tasted it. There was a good bit because it was a huge slice they cut. Most of that cake ended up in the trash. Wow. It wasn't nasty or anything. It was it was decent. We yeah. was just like, yeah, we're good. And having not eaten sweets, I was like, holy crap! That's that icing is like overkill, right? So that that's something else happens too when you like purge yourself with sweets. When you do come in contact with it, it can oh, be yeah. a bit intense. So that was like my only day where I was like, eh, it's okay, and I went right on back to doing what I was doing. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's 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 been it's been good. I'm going to continue. You are. That was my next question. I don't know if you are black. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be. It's okay. No, it's, it's the the thing is like Kaya Coco. <laughs> no, my uh, my friend's parents are having a, a celebration of 50 years of marriage this weekend, and it's gonna be a quite the shindig. Then that's gonna be followed by mm-hmm. Memorial wow. Day. You ain't, so, he, he ain't he ain't stopping. he's out yeah no i mean <laughs> i'm fine monday through friday like i said it's like for some reason this is a stretch of the year where there are things to do on the weekend which normally like i don't think i did anything growing up in winter like on the weekend so i guess it's just that time of year when things get active okay but did you get like, the answer to your question because I, I did I, I got it too i, I mean, got it too. Is, but i'll be right back on it in june <laughs> yeah yeah black to- whatever <laughs> You're out. It's okay. You're outside and you turn it up. All right. it. It's fine. It. We just wanted an answer. I'm, We're not I'm here to that, judge you. I'm, I'm great Monday through Friday. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, that's not what the goal was, but hey, <laughs> you do what you can do, okay? Hey, F-Day's coming up, so. 
<laughs> get them drinks ready. <laughs> you don't have to text us this time for F day. <laughs> Speaking of fathers, uh, are we ready to segue? Yeah, okay. yeah. Speaking yeah, of fathers, yeah. Walker Black, I have to share some stuff with y'all, man. Our Rashad, uh, gosh, I almost called him a different last name. Rashad Harper, as y'all know, was on our last podcast, and um, like I said, a little bit pre-recording, man, we got a lot of good feedback, and uh, I had a lot of people reach out, like more than normal, reach out via text, DM, the whole nine. And um, got some got some good feedback on on terms of like the direction of the conversation, the things we talked about, and how needed it is in terms of black men, and how it even went to help some black men uh, that I come in close contact with. But what I want to share with y'all is a conversation I had with uh, a good friend of mine uh, about this podcast, and he was talking about just how valuable it is and how it was like a form of therapy. I know I've said that to y'all before, but this was like a very lengthy, like 20 to 30 minute combo about this. And um, we, he was very complimentary about the podcast and the direction. And uh, th- this particular friend, believe it or not, I've known him for a long time, but had never, had never listened to the podcast before. Yeah. I thought I'd gotten everybody, but apparently uh, my efforts were not successful. But that's neither here nor there. I don't know where it is. Uh, But (laughs) we got to talking about this and he was kind of dissecting it. And uh, one of the things he talked about uh, as our as our conversation veered off was uh, the topic of ownership. And, you know, not in terms of business or assets, but in terms of like emotional ownership and how is is black man in his opinion one of the things that hold us ba- holds us back most is we don't want to own certain things about where we are in life you know like if if there are obvious shortcomings that we have um in terms of like bringing light to them you, you don't don't necessarily have to bring light to them in a, on a you know public medium or you know like share it on instagram or social but internally, like you got to own the fact that whatever shortcomings you're dealing with do exist. And you have to make that decision to whether are, am I, if I am going to own it, what comes after that? Mm-hmm. And so that conversation leaned, leaned into mental health and things like that. But um, it was it was so great to hear just because it made me think of, of me and just like my ongoing maturation. And something Rashad was talking about, about our frontal lobe or whatever, for men, you know, leads to a delayed maturity or whatever. I, I, I need to be on the cover of that magazine because I know he was talking about me and that's fine because that, that's the truth. But I, I took a minute and did some inventory and just thought I was, I was thinking about our marriage in particular, uh, just just how far we've come. But our biggest, I guess our biggest enhancements or increase, not increasing, our biggest victories mm-hmm. in terms of getting over things has been when I take the responsibility of owning certain things that have happened, right? Doesn't mean I have the solution. Doesn't mean I know why all the time, but like, no, look, this is on me. Like I could have done better here and I own that. And um, this friend of mine and I were just in depth about like how that particular action is very scarce in the black male community. And so, uh, Anyway, as he was talking, you know, my first thoughts were like, okay, definitely bringing this to the booth for the guys to chop up. But um, considering what I just shared, 
Are there any thoughts? You've got something on the side of your nose, by the way. Oh, do? Yeah. Did you have to say it like... <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you, just, you just had to say it for the pod. <laughs> what, Black? It was eat that. I mean, I wasn't going to just sit there and let it be there. It's been in a whole pod. I know. but it's not, it's, and not, it's not in my nose, for the record. Did I say in? You said bye. Okay. There you go. He's back. No, you're back. <laughs> I don't even remember the question. So, in, in thinking of what I've shared about black male ownership, emotional ownership, the scarcity of that, accor- get, according to my friend, just what so do you th- what, what is that? What do you think about that? Just so I understand, ownership of where you currently are emotionally well and or just i call it i tagged it emotional ownership just because like if (laughs) if if i'm a if i'm a single black male and i'm having trouble dating and i'm seeing whether i want to admit it or not there are patterns that are developing in my dating life it's not all the women at some point at some point i gotta put the mirror on myself assess and own some of my shortcomings that could be leading to these continuous failed relationships. What he was saying was, in his opinion, a lot of black men have trouble getting to that point. Could you give an example of a married man? Yeah, I'll, I'll share. I share some of my stuff. Like one of one of the things that I'm guilty of, or excuse me, was guilty of, and I, I think I'm doing better with this now. No, I am doing better with this. I'm not. I'm not thinking. I know it. But uh, I would expect my wife to read my mind a lot. I would expect that. And I would throw the biggest tantrums when she didn't. And the, the, the resolution of that is, go, it goes back to simple communication. Okay, A, she's not going to read your mind because she's not a mind reader. B, if you got something you want her to do or want her to know, just tell her. <laughs> and it, it'll be fine, right? And it has been fine. But in, in thinking of that, I know there was a period in our marriage to where I was blaming her for not reading my mind. So I had to take ownership of the fact that you're not a mind reader and take ownership of the fact that the reason we have these same uh, issues or same fights about whatever it is goes back to the fact that I approach you as a mind reader. So course big picture i had to do the work to find out okay well how do i stop doing this thank you therapy um how do i stop doing this oh it's something simple as asking a question okay well let me just ask her the dang question Hmm. he's so funny man what because it just sounds like i've heard that before but it's usually from the perspective of a woman. Yeah. Yeah. A man. I was trying to think about how to say that. <laughs> no, just like, call it what it is. Call like, it what it is. Like, I'm okay with reversal. that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like, y- y'all are right. Traditionally, yeah, that's it's it's flipped. What I'm hearing in your conversation, I'm hearing accountability is what is what I'm ultimately hearing. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know how I, black guys get when we say that term. Well, how most people get. I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's specific to black men because accountability only feels good when you're dishing it out to other people. <laughs> yeah. It never feels good when it turns back on you. Right. Right? Because now you got to take a hard look at yourself. You have to take a hard look at what you're doing. And sometimes 
sometimes there's a disconnect between it's almost kind of like how we think we look like I thought I was fine, but you actually saw something on the side of my nose. And so and announced it and announced it to the whole world. Um, that didn't happen. So What's wh- the, I just want to know what the alternative is. Um, don't know. Don't know. You get you get pause. Pa- you could pause. I mean, you can pause and say we come back for an eye booger. You and could. it wasn't an eye booger. <laughs> see, see, this is this is where you are such a jerk. I had to just hit pause. because it was not it was not in my nose. Neither was it coming out of my eye. It wasn't. It was neither there. It was just. It could have been a quick pause. Walker, check your nose. Bam. Back to recording. My apologies, Walker. It's okay. It's expected at this point. Yeah, at this point, we're just like, this is <laughs> but just, but it beats this it beats Gat, this is Gat Gatton. It be- <laughs> Finish. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead, go because I was I was about to go. It, it is not okay. It's not, it's not yeah, important. Right. I promise you, I'm not tripping. You shouldn't trip. Gotcha. So, but again, it's a count of it's a. I know you wanted to give it a, a nice little name like emotional. <laughs> Ownership. Ownership. Is that not provocative? I know you're into words and terms, but I'm more into definitions and what they mean. It (laughs) sounds like accountability, ultimately, because, okay, to your analogy you gave, or the example you gave of the guy who's had failed experiences in relationships, at what point does that guy say, hey, I'm the common denominator here? Maybe I should take a close inventory into what I'm doing, right? Right. I did that after two females I dated, right? Because the the relationships were eerily kind of similar in a, in a way. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, these chicks never met each other, never had a conference about how they were going to date me. So how, why am I ending up with the same result? And this is not what I want. I took a hard look at myself. And so I think the disconnect between who we think we are versus what's happening in real life is where that's where accountability kind of actually shows you the mirror and shows you what's actually there. And you have to take, you have to determine, okay, what I'm seeing is not what I thought it was. Who I am is not who I think I am. Right. Right. Those two aren't in sync. So I, if, if I want that to change, then I can't keep making excuses. There's a need and a desire for us as men to want to a, to achievement is a is a strong thing that drives us as as men, right? It's it's linked to our ego, it's linked to our psyche, right? So when we achieve, when we do well, that does something for our self esteem. So when we fall short of a target or we're not where we think we should be, that eats at us, and we and the last thing we want is someone else to point that out, right? Yeah. Talk to me. What? 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 What's, you, what's the hesitation? I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be literal here. The last thing we want is somebody to point that out. Yeah. But okay. the first thing we need is somebody to point that out. I'm with you. I've actually done something like that before in my uh, program. I was in at UAB. One of our assignments were to go around like to your peers and the people you report to uh, uh, or interact with at work and just ask them like what it is they feel that I'm doing right what I'm doing wrong and where are areas of improvement and I went and I just asked them all and like kept a, lo- a log of everything they said 
to have like sort of give me accountability of like where I need to improve. Mm. I don't know if that would be helpful in real life, but it, I did it at can, work. Well, 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 can guys do that? We should. Can we? Yeah. We're capable of doing that. We have the ability. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when I have discussions with my friends, I like, I ask them to tell me like, am I seeing this the wrong way? Like, the, this is this is where it's important to have the right people around you. This is where this comes into play because by nature, if you're surrounding yourselves with the right people, there organically there's going to be a positive pressure on you to be a better version of yourself because everyone is pushing towards something, right? right. So it kind of makes you say, "Well, dog, let me, let me get to doing something. Let me work on something." But it's easier also to go to those same individuals. And ask for accountability on some things, right? Because these are people who are, you can visibly see, are going in a certain direction, right? And so I, I think for, for, you know, for men and just people in general, our pride can't be our downfall in that we can't suffer in silence if there's a weakness there, right? The end goal is that we achieve and fulfill whatever purposes, whatever things that we're set out to achieve. If there's a roadblock, if there's a if there's a hang up there, therapy, a mentor, you know what I mean? There there's resource there's really there's books. There's no there's really no excuse in 2022. Right? It's all in terms of you getting over this idea that you have to be all things to all people and have the answers to everything. You're just not right. You think of a, you think of a, of a, you know, you're a big DC fan, Marvel fan. I'm a Marvel guy, superhero, even though the person is a superhero in most cases, that superhero had people in their corner helping them. Right. You look at Batman billionaire, Bruce Wayne, but y'all, he had Alfred. He had the guy who was making the, well, I can't think of his name. right. Lucius off. Fox. Lu- Lucius. He had Lucius basically helping him. He had Catwoman. He, he, he had Catwoman. He had a lot of people. Spoiler alert. Robin. Robin. Uh, like he had allies, right? Two-Face. So even. That wasn't an ally. <laughs> we got it. We got it, by the <laughs> way. But the one face. Go ahead. We got it. So, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that even a superhero in a movie, they don't do it all by themselves. True. Right? Even Superman couldn't do it by himself. And so, what makes us think that we got to do it all by ourselves? Right. Now, and a lot of that, and a lot of that has been kind of baked into our environment and culture that you got to get it, get it on your own and be a made man and be... Yeah, you got to have work ethic and work hard and do with that. But you also need to be surrounded by people who can hold you accountable and that you're willing to take accountability from and make the decision that you're going to be better. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I think I think you you and your friend were right on the money with that. I, I, I think that's something that we as husbands should do more of is take accountability. And I just think ultimately you build trust with your wife. Because I think that, you know, if you got a good woman, she's not expecting perfection from you. 
she's just expecting you when the time calls for it, you're going to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you're able to receive accountability and you know, you know, you need to make an adjustment, your ability to melt at the truth and humble yourself feels like she can follow you because she knows that I I have a guy who has integrity. This guy has integrity. He has character. He's going to do the right thing. I can trust him. Right. May not be perfect, but I can at least trust him. Right. So I I think that's important for us as husbands, just to model that for our families as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I just, I want to thank y'all again, just because I mean y'all y'all are part of all, all these warm comments that I've been getting. So um, we I know we I know we plan to do more of this, but um, oh yeah yeah we yeah just, we're just we're just getting started. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. just oh, yeah, for getting sure. started. And we're we're still we're still on the subject of this because my one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about I wanted to talk about emotional intelligence in marriage. As Gatry looks down, no, I got uh, I got my cables t- uh, tied up. Oh, emotional intelligence, and specifically, you know, there's a there's a. I was reading an article by Gottman, um, Gottman.com. They kind of do like research on various topics and and whatnot. Relationships is a big one that they do, but basically, what the what the the title of this particular uh, article. Um, centers around emotionally intelligent husbands are a key to a lasting marriage. And of course, you know, various definitions of emotional intelligence, but it's, it's the capacity to be aware of control and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judicious, judiciously and empathetically. But what do you think of when you hear emotional intelligence as it pertains to your role as a husband? I think of Ronnie Gatry and I think of nothing else. Was my headshot in this article anywhere? Mm, let me go and look at it. I didn't see it the first time, but okay. you know, I, I do a good job of ignoring you. So let me make sure I didn't overlook you. And no. What do you think? No, man, I think that I think this is crucial. Like, I think what when, when I, I don't think I've ever put the words emotional intelligence together. <laughs> what is so funny about that? I don't know. Just that is pretty funny. As soon as you said the two together, and I thought about you, I'm like, is that an oxymoron? <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, we've gone from emotional ownership to emotional intelligence. No, I mean to me, to me, like. It means kind of what kind of our segue into this. I mean, in, in terms of a marriage, a man a man who is emotionally aware of his surroundings, as you know, mostly pertains to his wife and maybe even his children or whoever else is under under his roof. And going going this this ties in really well to you know the the conversation I was having with my homeboy. But when I think of a lack of emotional intelligence, I think of a man who is kind of leading the old school way do as i say not as i do lead with an iron fist i'm not going to be questioned what i say is right fall in line or get out mm. so that's what comes to mind and, and and that that is the classic that's the classic lead role for a husband right like that's that's the sexy approach right you don't you don't really society doesn't really hold up those men who are emotionally intelligent 
who listen to their wives, who who give their wives the floor to speak, who give their wives, who, who allow their wives to give input on major decisions. Now, 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 yes, as men, as husbands, ultimately is going to be on us. But yes, I, when I think of emotional intelligence, I think of that man who who is who, who is going to lead effectively but is also going to be aware of the emotions of those under his roof. What about you, Black? What do you think about that 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 uh, that term? I guess my definition of that term, I guess it stems from like the business world. Whenever they talk about emotional intelligence, it's like being EQ. To, hmm? EQ. I don't know what that is. Is that the is that the acronym for emotional intelligence? Like not IQ, but EQ. But emotional quotient? No. I don't know. Go. Okay. Well, what I think about <laughs> is like being able to walk in and read a room. Mm. So, like if you're having a meeting and you can say, you can tell if it's tense when you walk in and how you should like carry yourself within like a tense situation. I guess within a relationship, I would think it would like deal with maybe if you're coming from work and your wife is at home or she walks in and you're like, oh, like she had a bad day. Maybe I need to like take care of dinner or handle the kids or something like that give her some space or something like that that's why i think about it within like within like a relationship gotcha um one of one what their this article talked about and those are those are good answers and responses what this article was talking about was it almost kind of tied into what you were mentioning in terms of accepting your wife's or, or it says partner's influence and it says for purposes, for our purposes, yielding to their influence means accepting, understanding, and allowing your partner's perspective, feelings, and needs into your decision-making process as a couple. It means really listening to your partner and forming compromises so that you both feel satisfied. So basically what it means is, is... Your emotional intelligence is, you know, you may feel strongly about something. You may be strongly heading in one direction, but at the same time, you want to be considerate of your wife, girlfriend, whoever, to where they feel like you care about their feelings and their perspective. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. That's the balance in that. Um. And one of the things, the, the, the thing that stood out to me in this particular argument or uh, this article is, is a, there was a statement here that jumped out to me um, that oftentimes we struggle with doing that, generally speaking, as men. And I, it brought me back to when I first got married. I didn't really know how to balance that. Right. Because my wife would have an idea about something or think we, and it'll be something I never thought of. And I would feel threatened. I would feel insecure. I would feel, you know what I mean? Because I'm supposed to be the leader. I'm supposed to be, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to, how to deal with that. And that would cause issues with us i don't know if you if you had those types of experiences uh yes and so 
the and and for me, Gatry, you know, I, I had this unrealistic. I think I had this unrealistic expectation and pressure on myself, and I kind of said it earlier to be the know-it-all and to always have the answer. You know, I looked at her father. He was just just this do everything guy. So I was like, all right, I wanted to be a smooth transition to me. I got to do it all too. And I didn't know everything. So when things would happen and come up, I would feel insecure as leader of my own home. Like, man, this girl really, does she really want to follow me? I don't know what the flip I'm doing. Right. And what he's, what this guy is saying is to reject the woman's influence and your wife's influence is what actually leads to problems as opposed to receiving it because it's not, it is not that you're being showed up as, as a incompetent leader in your home. You're actually, you actually see your wife. You actually acknowledge, you know, you, again, you may make a different decision to the end, but you're, you're doing it in a way to where she feels heard. Right. Right. What are your thoughts about like what how did you get to a point to where you you did the maturation was it therapy or was it just yeah. a slow journey for you It was a uh, you know to be honest it was it was my wife telling me she was about to leave mm. so I went through I went through a deep depression and I'm okay talking about this now uh when I lost my job when I got laid off that took a toll on me and um I had my oldest son was very small at the time, and the insecurities were insurmountable. And my days consisted of sitting sitting in a dark room <laughs> at a computer, applying for jobs incessantly, getting rejected for jobs incessantly. Um, but what I did not realize while I was in this was I didn't I, I hadn't I'd had never really taken inventory of what I've been putting my wife through now, not now that I don't have the distraction of going to work at this period of time, those issues were brought to the forefront. And it was at a point to where I could remember this vividly. My wife telling me, you know, well, why even do this? If I don't even have a voice, this is all about you. This is this, this whole union we have is about you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was my wife trying to give me sound, <laughs> sound advice about, how to deal with all the pressures that I put on myself during my period of unemployment. She was trying to help. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You don't know what you're talking about. You've never gone through this. Get out of my face. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And I say that for a fact. Even, no, 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 yeah, even as bullheaded as I was, I was never that disrespectful to my wife. Like, I'm the man. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, took, it took me being at that lowest point for me to 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 really hear and focus in on her saying this because this had been a repeated message for years and why this woman decided to have a kid with me I don't know <laughs> because I gave her every reason to leave like for real but um it was something about that period of time of my lowest um well I wouldn't say my lowest but one of my lowest points hearing her say that I don't know if I just had the time or the emotional availability to absorb it but when when she made it very clear that this could probably dissolve very soon and she could walk, then I knew, yeah, okay, I've got to make a change. Um, so yeah, so so it's funny. <laughs> uh, 
a very close friend of mine who I want to name on this, but I won't. We talked about him a little bit uh, before before the podcast. He had been on me about, you know, talking to somebody. And uh, I remember reaching out to him after my wife and I had this huge uh, disagreement. And then it was just like, okay, well, maybe maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe I do need to go uh, air out some grievances with somebody who can help me sort through this. So uh, getting back to your question, I I think I've I don't know if I've answered. I think I'm getting there. But for me, overcoming that was getting to the point to where I almost lost it all. Wow. Um, Before I get to me, part of this article says in a long term study of 130 newlywed couples, uh, we discovered that men who allow their wives to influence them have happier marriages and are less likely to divorce. Yeah. Sounds about accurate. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. My wife and I talked about this and I kind of. I think it may have been the same <laughs> trip to, to on our anniversary because we talked for like three hours just about us. Yeah. And I had her laughing just because, of course, we can laugh about it now. But it wasn't funny early in the marriage because I know I was frustrating her. And I just I was just being bullheaded at times. Um, and she couldn't make sense of it. You know, my wife. My wife is kind of a she she's different in that she's very logical and I think that's why I'm lot because I'm you know two logical people. So it was really driving her like up a wall earlier in our marriage. Like, why won't he reach out for help? Why, when I suggest something, he gets quiet? Were you like that while y'all were dating, or did it change when you get married? It got changed. It changed once we started getting married because we were handling business together. Oh, okay. And I- so a lot of the conversations that we were having really begin to expose things that dating in and of itself, because you got to remember superficial at that point. Yeah. And we were like, we, we dated from a biblical Christian standpoint. So we went all in each other's business. We went all, you know what I mean? We didn't get that close of a look into each other's lives like that. If that makes sense. I want to revisit that once you're done with this. Okay. I I want you to come back to that because I've got some things I want to share about that, that I want to compare thoughts with you. Okay. But I want you to finish this first. So why does black look so confused? (laughs) (laughs) He looks that that way throughout the podcast, especially when you're talking. How long has he been over? (laughs) (laughs) So for me, Gatry, with the help of just, you know, my faith, talking to men and getting an understanding of who I was as a man. And I I think if no one, if no, every man needs to know who you are and what you're about. Please say that one more time for the people in the back. Like seriously, bro is, is, is especially true when you become, when you get married, you have to know who is Caesar Walker, who is Ronnie Gatry. What are your values? What do you stand for? Right? What what are things that you refuse to move off of? What are your guiding principles? We talked we talked about that uh with with Stephen Michael, right? Right. Who are you? And so when you know who you are, you become a lot more secure in what you do and don't know. Number 1. So once I got comfortable with who I was, 
it was easy for me to say to her, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, you're really smart when it comes to that. Da 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 da. I gotta keep you around. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I can now. I don't feel threatened. I can even joke about it. But I also got an understanding biblically that my wife is a helper. Right? She's referred to as a help me. Well, the root word of help me is help. So her influence is how she helps me. It's not to one up me. It's not to show me up. It's, it's, and this is things I had to learn Gat. like, oh, she's on my team. We're not competing. So the, the analogy I give is we're in the, we're in the NBA playoffs right now. And let's just use the Warriors. For example, the Warriors, whose teams is, is the Warriors? Who, who's the man of that team? Curry. Curry. But if Clay scores the most points in a game, or Jordan Poole scores the most points in a game, should Steph feel threatened? No. Right? But he's the man, right? He's that's his team, right? He should be the one. But even though he probably does lead the team in scoring at times, even in even average points a game, he's not questioning his ability to lead that team just because he wasn't the leading scorer or the second leading scorer, there's going to be some situations my wife's going to have most points, more points than I will. But I'm still the captain of the team. We're still winning, right? We needed her. To, we, I needed my wife's input. That's the only way we were going to win that game, right? And so that's my teammate. Once I got that understanding that this girl is really for me, She's not, I don't have to compete with her. I don't have to feel like I'm shrinking just because she's shining. Mm -hmm. Once I learned that, I was able to be comfortable. Now the pressure is off because she knows that I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to suppress her. And I understand that she wants me to look good. So the advice she's giving me is for both of us to win. Not just her win and me look bad. She's not trying to emasculate me. And so once I got that dude, I started, I, I stopped tripping. I stopped tripping. And if I needed to learn that, I took time to learn it. You know what I mean? My wife likes to do stuff around the house and I used to feel like I needed to do it. Well, maybe she just liked to, she likes to paint. She likes to do stuff like that. And I'm like, that's a man. I'm thinking that's a man's job. But at the end of the day, I was like, I could care less about painting. You can paint, dear, if you want to. Right. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of it's a lot of things else I do around this house that you don't do. Right? Yeah. So once I got comfortable with me, I stopped tripping on that stuff. And when she gave input or she saw a blind spot in me, I would think about it. I would I would say, you know what? Let me think about that. I appreciate you coming to me. I appreciate you sharing this with me. Let me think about that. Let me pray about it. I get back to you and I would sit with it. Mm. I didn't react immediately. I didn't feel and see that's where the emotional intelligence comes into play because usually we are quick to react and respond. And if this article talks about, you know, moments of anger, how you deal with complaints, criticism, the whole nine, immediately we feel threatened and attacked and we start lashing out or we just shut down as men. And I learned how to, how to really receive that. 
from her because again we have a way of doing that she's not trying to emasculate or embarrass me she's coming to me with a legit concern and so knowing that she's for me and not against me it's easier to receive that mm-hmm. but you said you wanted to compare something yeah th- and, and thinking thinking of the origins of of you as a husband right I know I know one of the things I had to that was hard for me to deal with was I know that I treated my wife way better when we were dating courting and something flipped with me and I developed this mentality or thought of how our marriage was going to go mm-hmm. I changed to a different person yeah not the same person my wife fell in love with yeah and one of the, one of the things and unfortunately I can't go really honest and really open and vulnerable about this but one of the things that I had to realize about myself was that came from somewhere like I, I, I had that pictured in my head and somebody influenced that decision and I felt so so influenced by it that I said oh yeah <laughs> once we get off this honeymoon this is how things are going to be you know we often talk about how women have an image of how their wedding day will Here be. Here you go. Come on. Subconsciously, I think men have an image of how their marriage would be from a standpoint of how they are, how they picture themselves as a husband. Yes. And when it's game time and the lights are on and just like we talked about earlier, there's a disconnect between what you thought you was going to be and where you currently are. You panic. Yes. You don't want to. You don't want to show her you panicking, but you are tripping inside. Yeah. <laughs> you're and, freaking and if, out. If you're me, she can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're telling yourself that she can. <laughs> so we expect day one as husbands. I don't even know where we get this from, but we expect day one. I am going to crush this husband thing. She is going to be one to feed me grapes. She's going to be, is going to be so great, but she's asking me questions. And I don't know. I just said, I do. Right. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I don't know. I can't tell her that. Right. Cause I just made a promise to her father. I was going to take care of her and don't call your father. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's just like, I'll figure it out. But I got this woman over here looking at me. And that's what that's the difference in dating, depending on how you dated. I didn't have that pressure. And a lot of the pressure, Gatry, I put on myself. If you when you think back on it, it was us who did oh, that to I ourselves. I know, I know I put a lot of pressure, unnecessary pressure on myself. And, and, 100%. It's, not, and it's not that deep. No. It's really not that deep because again, this is if you if if you built a solid connection with this woman this should be your friend Mm -hmm. and there's a there's a place of vulnerability when you can say to her look i don't have a clue what i'm doing but i'm determined to figure it out and i'm gonna give it my best shot i just want you to be patient with a brother i'm doing my best I'm open to ideas. I'm open to your input, but I want you to, I want you to trust me. Yeah. I don't know. So if I, if you ask me, I'm gonna look you dead in your face and say, I don't know. 
but I'm gonna figure, it, figure out. it out. We, we yeah. can figure it out. Right. You know what I mean? You know, you have to just be me. We can figure it out. And you, you know, it goes back to, and this is this is something. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know where to start the process with my boys, but that rearview mentality, which I know is not the best, but I'm just thinking, man, if I had a greater sense of self and a clear self identity going into marriage. Mm-hmm. My wife went out to go through what she went through. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know what if, I mean. If, if we could go back in, in a time machine and fix a lot but, of stuff, right? right, right. But that, that, that's a ma- that's a major one. And then you know, you think we grew up in a different era where um, self awareness. I don't know was if, if it was promoted that heavenly, heavenly, that heavily, right? Um, but now here we are. We've seen the fruits of self awareness. We know that, hey, if I had taken these steps to do this before, who knows how things would have turned out. So now we have a responsibility to make sure that those behind us are getting closer to the self-awareness before they enter into these uh, these covenants with women. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I think about it with my boys and I try to promote to them now, even at a young age, like you got to you. There are standards you're going to have to do while you're living in this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But outside of that, no. <laughs> if this is who you are, let's lean into that. Let's be proud of that. Yeah. yeah. And let, let's promote that just so right. you're, you know, not just a better person, but you are a better husband to that wife that you'll have one day. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. So, I don't know. That's, this is just something I wanted to talk because I'm glad you brought that here. He, he talked about sometimes these things lead to... Um, it leads to unnecessary arguments when we f- when we struggle with a woman's influence, right? And so, I think you know if if you if you and uh, we're talking in a lot of ifs. I'm I'm using a lot of ifs. You know, if you have a good woman, you know you don't. Not all a woman's influence is the best. <laughs> Right. And I think that's where you that's where it gets back to you knowing who you are and what you're about. I think about Abraham and Sarah, how Sarah encouraged him to have a baby with another woman. Right. That that turned out to not be a good decision. I think of Jezebel. Right. I think of, you know, I mean, they're not all influence is good. But I think if if her influence and her suggestions lead you away from your guiding principles and your values as a man, that's when you know you can't. I don't know about that one, right? Right. And you you should already know that. I don't know. If, I don't know if you it if you giving me if you leading me in that direction. But a woman who is for you, who's who's on your team, on your program, oftentimes her influence is going to put you in remembrance of the things you stand for. So oftentimes we tend to forget as men, you know what you write. I'm th- that's not me. That's right. not what I'm about. You you're absolutely right. You know, I don't know what, what what got into me there. Right? So oftentimes a good woman will actually reaffirm the things that you stand for. And that's how you know you got a good one. And so I I, I think that you, you just gotta trust and be discerning because at the end of the day you got to you still got to pull the trigger because you you're you're the leader you're the you're the head but just like a good ceo just like a good captain they know to defer they know how to use the smartest ones on their team right and she's in hopefully you you got a smart one in your wife yeah so yeah man good combo that's good that that 
you've been on it with these articles, Walker. I got to give it to you. Thank you, sir. Good stuff. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's transition in, and uh, is there's a lot that's happened. We haven't really talked about a lot of current events um, lately because we we've, we've had a lot of interviews. But uh, who are you praying for, Gatry? Well, Buffalo as a whole. Yeah. Uh, I had this as a Dort topic because I just I I didn't have much, but we can. I mean, we can we can highlight. Okay, you can we can save it there. But that's what I had too as, as privilege. Did you have anybody else? No. Who did you have for your praise report? Nobody. Um, I had Rihanna and ASAP Rocky welcome their baby boy this week. They had the kid. Yeah, they had that. They had the baby boy. ASAP Riri. <laughs> Is that what the internet's are calling it? I don't know. Okay, hopefully not. Hopefully they came with something more clever than that. And uh, J. Cole, rapper J. Cole, signed a deal with a Canadian pro team, Scarborough, Scarborough Shooting Stars. So I don't, Basketball, I don't, I'm guessing. Basketball. Okay, because he was in Africa. He was in Africa. Okay. Was it during COVID? I think so. I want to say so. Yeah, so he. I don't, know the, I don't know the details of this deal, but I just heard that he signed a deal with the Canadian pro basketball team. Not bad. Yep. Okay. Let's 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 get Doherty. Let's talk about what we're going to discuss, what we're going to trash, what you want to start off with. Let's go ahead and get Buffalo in here. All right. We're going to discuss it then. <laughs> what you got? Uh, Walker. By now, I'm sure everyone's heard about the uh, the tragedy that happened in Buffalo with the um, uh, what I what I call a white supremacist uh, murderer. Uh, Walker. Did you watch the video? No. Okay. I did not either. Uh, Black, did you watch the video? I saw a short clip. Okay. Since you've seen it, give me your thoughts before I get into he said, he said. You don't want to see it. That's fair. Mic drop? That's pretty That's pretty consistent with how I was feeling, so I, that's fair. As sad as it is to admit, Walker, there's... there's there's really nothing new here and it, it hurts me to admit that there's nothing new here why does it hurt you to admit it uh just because i i feel like this is a part this is a part of the system whatever the system is to numb us to this to where this becomes so normalized that we as black people just say hey that sucks now who's playing tonight think so Think about it. Think about it, man. Think about think about how much how much press gets thrown in front of us about this war in Ukraine and Russia. You know, think about all these relief efforts. Think about all this awareness. And then you have this tragedy that happens in Buffalo. And to me, it feels like life has just moved on. Let, let, let's go back to let's go back to Ukraine. Hmm. Like to me, that's not that's not right. But I think whatever the system is, and you know, call, call me a conspiracy theorist or whatnot, but there is some type of programming going on that's deeper than us that is just not going to allow this to hit an effective level, hit, hit even a George Floyd type of level. Yeah. Which which in comparing the two, I think they are on par. Hmm. I I believe that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like, 
you know how some words have been used so much to where you don't even want to use them anymore like white supremacist i'm just like and that word has become so mainstream now and and i get it but you know I, i i go back to high school me college me and i remember i remember thinking i had this i had this innocent thought that once i got of age once we got older closer I got to 40 a lot of this racism stuff would start aging itself out because I thought racism at that time in my life I thought it was a generational problem I thought it was a certain mindset with a certain generation but to see someone who was born when I was in college do something like this it makes you wonder are your grandchildren going to have to live with this? Because clearly we are. It looks like your children are going to. Will our grandchildren basically have to live with this as well? Because who's teaching that 18-year-old this? How did that 18-year-old get that in his heart and in his core? To the point where he was willing to act that out. Like that's 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 the disappointing part about it is. Is this really going to end? And I want to say it is, but I've already had a have already had my dream shattered <laughs> once I got to 30. Right. And so I. Uh, you know, my 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 thoughts and my prayers are, are with those affected. Um, it's it's just it's it's unfortunate. Um, Black, I didn't know if you had any thoughts about it, but yeah, my thoughts and prayers are with uh, with the 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 city um, of Buffalo. It's it's people, the family of those affected. But it's it's just it's just. I just don't know how how you cope with that because one moment. Your loved ones are here and they're going. And for what? Shopping at a grocery store. And the kid drove how many miles out of the way? Oh, I didn't hear that detail. Yeah, he had to drive to Buffalo. Yeah, he he's not in. He's not of that city. Oh, I didn't realize that. He went. He I'm, went I'm part of the problem because I get so disgusted that I don't even research the details. So I mean, it's all right. But but yeah, like that's. That and that's the part that can infuriate you because you know if you're the person who tries to reason and figure out what was the like you're never gonna get there, right? right. It's never gonna make sense. But you know, oftentimes hate doesn't. So I don't know if you had any other thoughts, guy. Well, I was all I had was a bunch of unfair questions. <laughs> I mean, just like what 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 do we do about this? What do we do? Yeah. Like, what, what role can we play in this? I, I don't know what we what role we play. I don't know either, but I just, I felt bad because I didn't know. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I don't know what you can do about someone, someone hating your group. <laughs> right? right. I don't know what, I don't know what you can do uh, about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't I, feel as bad now. I don't, I don't have an answer for you there. Gotcha. But you got anything black? I don't. Any compelling thoughts? How did how did you how did you take this? It was, I think the 
One of the more disappointing aspects about it for me was the ages of the victims. Oh, yeah. Because the oldest one was 86. Yeah. And then of the 10 victims, their ages were 32, 52, 53, 55, 62, 65, 67, 72, 77, and 86. So, of course, so none of them had a chance to get away from that. True. Right. Deeper motive, it seems like to me. Deeper motive? Yeah, not just black people, but older black people. I mean, it was just whoever. Just whoever. Yeah. I would think. I mean. I mean, they know where not to go with their gun. Sure. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, because you just don't hear about that. I don't know if it happens. I don't know. You're not going to Southside Chicago with the right. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, I didn't have anything. On a lighter note, do we want to talk about? I'm not gonna say on a lighter note. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to that last. Uh, Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Colors. You familiar with this story? Mm. Black is smiling. I t- I know the name. Was she a fraud? No, we. I think we touched on this a while back. Did we? We did. Where she's misappropriating the funds. Yeah, and it kind of came out this week that she used nearly two million dollars in funds to pay her brother and child's father for random services. Okay, now that's a new wrinkle. So they're getting more details on this is what you're telling me. Yeah. Y'all want to discuss the trash. It's your, it's your call. It's my let's, let's discuss this. Talk to me. <laughs> I don't I, I don't even know how to feel about this. What do you mean you know how to feel? <laughs> okay, okay. So Y'all just be honest. No judgment. Has anyone in here contributed the first dollar to Black Lives Matter? No. 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 Why is that? I, I'm going to be honest with you. The organization isn't fully in alignment with my values. Okay. I'm very, very picky about who I choose to give money to, and I didn't see anything worthy of my dollars I'm more aligned with black okay that's the first problem to me <laughs> that and we, we only represent three black people in America across the whole wide scope right we we fundamentally you read the mission statement though right no okay that's all I'm saying I, I read the mission statement I read what what it stood for and I was like oh hmm mm. And I Black lives still matter, right? But Conceptually, we but be, we believe in the words sure. as they're put together, right? But there are other layers under this that, right? None none of us right now feel led to to dredge into. No, and I and I and I don't feel any shame in that because I don't either because they don't to me they're not one in the same. They're not one in the same. Now they can be. Right. They can be. You can support and be part of the organization 
and believe in protecting black lives, right? You can even get out in the streets and protest and march for it. But it's possible to advocate for the protection of black lives, yet not donate or feel a connection to the organization. Fair. And that's where I was. That's where I was. I think what what sucks about this, and I think what's not only criminal, but sinister about this, is... In essence, you profited off of the the dead black men. That's what that's where I was. That's where I was getting. So yeah, that's just evil. That's just evil. Could you imagine if there was a black man profiting off of the lives of of, of black women? Ooh. Could you oh. imagine the names? Could you could you imagine no, the criticism I could not. levied at a black man who would go so low as to misappropriate millions of dollars for a quote unquote noble cause for black women who are losing their lives? Can you imagine how people would perceive that man? You know what I mean? And so I, I think it's interesting how while this woman is being she's being outed the truth is coming to light i don't see a an extreme amount of backlash now it's coming from the right of course because it's been coming from the right but what i'm saying is well, among our community i could imagine if the shoe was on the other foot it would be it would be hell for that man rightfully so right but i just think that it's just interesting how you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's just, uh, and 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 that that goes that goes to where I was, I was taking a long road here. But when when I asked you, what can we do? Like, what what are we positioned to do about like the Buffalo thing, the hate crimes against us? Conceptually, part of my thought is, oh, we'll just insert Black Lives Matter. They're an organization that's fighting against this. But I mean, they're not even structured to do anything about it. So when I think about people who felt who feel compa- compelled to donate and give, what is that money really going to? So it, it it doesn't come as a shock to me that whatever funding they get is being misappropriated. Businesses, I mean, it's sad, but like even if even if it was well organized funds, what is it going to do? Can you buy can you buy out white supremacy? No. So then what are we doing? I don't even know how you fight the I don't know how you fight white supremacy because you're talking about a system. You got to change systems. Good luck with that. Right. Good luck there, with that. There's there's no there's no amount of money that you can generate raise to effectively protect black lives. There is possibly there is possibly, but you talking about, I was, it's funny. I was talking to my pop about this and whew, Lord have mercy. He gets on it. He gets on his soapbox about the political climate. Lord have mercy. And I have to internally pray because I'm just like, yo, like I get it, you know, but 
I think black people's pro- I think our I th- I'm gonna be honest. I don't think Donald Trump is black people's biggest problem. No. Sue me, but no. you know, go ahead and cancel me. But I don't. I think he's. I think he's down the list of our problems. We don't. We like. We can't even, bro. We can't even get black men and black women to come together and decide they really like each other and form families. Like we can't even do. We can't that. get the fundamentals. We can't even. <laughs> we can't even build a family. And then when we get a family, half of us split up. Like, we, like we got bigger fish to fry. Like before, we build an infrastructure where. Like we don't even want to live around. <laughs> like, like we got problems. We got problems. I get it. I understand what Donald Trump is trying to do down the road. I get that. I understand the Roe versus Wade and what that can mean for other things that the Supreme Court wants to roll back. I understand that that impact on our community. But are you looking at us? Are you paying attention to what's happening with Black people? Accountability. A black man died recently trying to bring families together and people celebrate it. That don't, that don't, that's not a red flag. Business as usual, right? right. What's the next dance step, right? So when you talk about fighting white supremacy, we too busy fighting each other. I, I just, I, you know, I get it. White supremacy is an issue, but I look at other communities like the Jewish community. I look at other communities who, who are, who have an infrastructure. They have, they have a code of conduct that they abide by, hold each other accountable to. And you, I wish you would open your mouth to say something against them publicly. Right. You can say anything against black folks. Anything. And you get some of them to agree with you. No, I, I you know, I, I want to fight white supremacy. Gatry, yes. Let's 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 link up and do it. But how many people you gonna get to join you? Mm-hmm. Gotta get your own. Some of us, there. some of us are pawns in white supremacy and don't even know it. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Whatever. Patrice, Patrice Colors. So so yeah. So so I, so all that to say. <laughs> Not really shocked. <laughs> Patrice, I, I, do do what you do. I guess I don't know. I guess Black Lives Matter, right? <laughs> right yeah, <laughs> judging. Good God, do you have anything else uh, for Dort? Yes, <sighs> only because we haven't done it. I was gonna have our customary NBA playoffs check in. Trash. Um, because LeBron is not in it. <laughs> speaking of LeBron, Ronnie James had a prom date and had Twitter going crazy. You hear about this? No. People were questioning his his prom date was a white girl. And of course, black people went again, black people blacking. And want to know why he didn't bring a white girl. A black girl. A, a black girl to the prom. Okay. Namely, Umar. Umar Johnson. Oh Lord. Discuss the trash. Probably had until you said Umar. Yeah, trash. I can't. Can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I just can't. I don't mind talking sports. I don't. I don't like talking sports with you as much. Not professional sports. 
I know you feel that way. At too brute? I don't. I don't like talking because it's gonna get into it's rigged, and I ain't. I don't have the energy. I wasn't gonna give any rigging energy about the playoffs. Not today. I, yeah, I was gonna be different today. I was gonna just assess them for where they are. <laughs> I was gonna you see his face. I was you gonna see his face. <laughs> I'm. I, I, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. I was gonna have a respectful non-conspiracy theory. Fueled, can, okay, can, general conversation we, about the current state of the playoffs. Can we talk about this? Because I didn't know that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said something. I, I didn't know. That. I didn't know you was you was going to be have an actual conversation about this. Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to go X's and O's and game plans. I'm just going to tell you how it's going to end up, and the, I'm going to do the that, Warriors. huh? The Warriors. Well, yeah. <laughs> and if you think for one minute <laughs> that the Heat are going to beat Boston. <laughs> I, I think, You've lost your mind. I think I think Boston could beat the Warriors. I'm gonna let you finish. Have you watched? Have you watched Boston? Like they that that team defensively is built, in yes. my opinion, to give the Warriors fits. Hmm. You saw what Memphis did. True, they're they're a good defensive team. I think Boston is a better defensive team. I wouldn't take that from you. And they can score. Yes, in bunches. It's not just one guy. Oh, my goodness. And low-key, Smart has become a better offensive player. Have you noticed? Did you see that cross he put on your boy? Boston is like, and I said this back in March. Before the play, I was like, I told my wife, because we watch a lot of basketball. I said, have you been paying attention to Boston? I don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs, but they look scary. I'm not crazy about the Celtics in general. I get it. Historically. 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 I get it. The only time I rooted for them was when they had the big three there. Okay. KG, Ray Allen, and and Most of black black America did. Yeah. Um, And Ray Allen. Yeah. But, yeah, just looking at it from a pure basketball perspective as I consume it, they're going to be a tough out. Now, now. I'm not saying they can't do it, but. That is, they got a, they got a, they got some work to do. Do you? So, do you think it's a foregone conclusion that that they that they're beating Dallas? Who? Okay, he's back. He's back. <laughs> no, I, you're you're breaking up. Who? Okay, is a sweep. I know. Go. Who are you talking? Are, are the Warriors? Who are the Warriors players? Like I'm being for real. No, you're not. You're being. You're being. <laughs> You want that right there in the corner? Is it in the shot? No, it's a broom. That's <laughs> I got I got too much respect for Luca. Okay, I'm back. I got too much respect for Luca. Luca's not gonna get swept. Luca's not gonna get swept. He, I, I just need to see. I just need to know where your head was at. This dude. This dude is an absolute sensation. He'll win MVP next season. Okay. If you think he's getting, you think he's skating by the Warriors? This ain't CP3, bro. You didn't have to do that. That was not necessary. That was not necessary at all. Okay, okay Beverly. <laughs> I know, right? This ain't CP3, bro. <laughs> what'd, you th- what'd you think about Patrick Beverly? Um, Man, that we could really that, that, talk. That, that's, that's a real conversation. That's a real conversation. What do you I, think about I that? I think it was entertaining. I think it was, I think it was mostly clickbait. I think Pat wanted some attention, so he got it. He wasn't spitting any facts. Like He was just spitting the provocative stuff. But I think one thing that nobody's talking about is how he would not return smoke to J.J. Redick. I don't think anybody's talking about that. 
when they put Pat Bev next to Reddick. Reddick Reddick can actually debate. He can. And he can sit Pat Bev down. But yeah. nobody nobody's talking about that. I just wanted to bring light to that. I think he hating. I think he's a hater. Pat Be- Patrick uh Beverly? Well, I mean, it's part of his role. He's a hater. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's that's something that I means clearly there's something personal there between him and CP3 because if you remember when he was with the Clippers. Clips. That This uh, is pre Tyron Lou, mind you. Remember, <laughs> no, I think Lou was there. Was he was he there? No. Oh, or was Doc Tr- there? Trust me. <laughs> You got to trust me on this. Who else is going to catch a stray tonight with you? Oh, I think one person right there. I don't know if y'all caught it. It was a silent shot. Who? <laughs> you think? He... Who else? You think... Who else? Who uh, else you got? I, I, I can't throw any shade. The last four, last four coaches left, I have no shade to throw anybody else except J. Kidd. Why J. Kidd? <laughs> he ain't ready for He ain't built for this. He is not built for this. He he beat the coach of the year. Who was that? What Monty Williams? He oh. won coach of the year. What do you mean he's not built? He's not built. He's not built for. He's not built for what happens in San Francisco. He's not built for that. Oh, I didn't let you. Okay, you didn't finish your statement. Yeah, yeah. So if he's not built for that, he's not built for Larry O'Brien. Okay. I mean, Jason, Jason, you give me a cool. I'm not gonna laugh you out of the out of the recording like I did, Lou. But you ain't ready for this, man. Because we know how that worked out last time for you. <laughs> Where's Lou? Never mind. Y'all don't want to talk about Lou now. But um, yeah, yeah. Pat, Pat, Bev, go ahead. Hater, hate, hater, aid. What? What? I mean, continue. I mean, did on. you remember the, the the clip where he shoved uh, Chris Paul in the back? Oh yeah, it's yeah. something there. It's, it's a, something. Yeah. It's something. But, but what what are they what is his name? An irritant. Isn't that what they call Pat Bev? Sure. This is his role. So that's why I'm not really shocked by all this stuff he's saying in the media. This is what Pat Bev does. He's a role player. He's not he, a star. He's a role player, but he is here so my question to is, hate. My question is, why are you talking, man, if you're a role player? Shall we move on? Yes. Okay. Shout outs. Who we shouting out, bro? Um, you're gonna go first. <laughs> I am shouting out Buffalo's professional sports teams. That's the Buffalo Bills, the NHL's Buffalo Sabres, and professional lacrosse team, the Buffalo Bandits. Why am I shutting these uh these organizations out? Because these organizations recently uh, visited the memorial that was set up to remember those who lost their lives and those injured during the attack in the Buffalo supermarket shooting. The teams left bouquets of flowers at the memorial and also was in the community giving away groceries and fed about 750 people in the community with the help of local chef Darian Bryan and the World Central Kitchen. Players also met with people in the community, took selfies with them, and even signed and signed autographs for those in the community to show solidarity, support for what was going on, and to just just be empathetic towards those who lost their lives in the shooting. So I want to just shout them out for the the kind gesture for being a part of the city. That's not going to bring those people back, but. And for a city that needs a lot of healing, a lot of emotional support, I thought it was a good look for those organizations to go out of their way to at least be a part 
of the empathy and the love and the support that the community of Buffalo desperately needs at this time. So shout out to those organizations. Who are you shouting out? Uh, so Walker, this is kind of a, geez, there's three women involved in this. I don't know who gets the shout out on this. And uh, before I get into this, I got to shout out Black for the assist on this because the shout out I had before was going to be uncivilized. Uh, so <laughs> it wasn't, what, Walker, what is that energy? What do you mean? Wait, what, what, what did I do? What did I do? Let's talk about what I did. What did I do? The the body language. Well, how did the body language look? Because people are listening. Okay. So you cut your eyes to Black with a physical look of despair okay do you want to know why i did that or like please, why, why you pointed please. it out the, like, the mics are on you might as well talk on them i just felt like you didn't have to do that well do what like no one knows what my other and shout out definitely would have known if you didn't bring it up you just could have went right on into your shout out now would not, i be would i be extra if i did that <laughs> Of course not. Of course not. You're good. Good point. Continue. And, my, my bad. Okay. My bad. Um, I'm a, I'm a role player. <laughs> uh, this this one was good just because I'm I'm fairly new. <laughs> to- <laughs> you waving a towel. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm fairly new to Greek life, so um, I really appreciate Black sending me this. But uh, what is so funny? I'm not even telling jokes. Yeah, because you are new. Yeah, I'm a Neo. It's fine. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So uh, the the I'll just I'll just kind of run through this story and I'll highlight the people involved. So uh, first, it's uh, Sanetta Baker Woods. She happened to be shopping in a Macy's store a few months ago, and she found a dress that had her sorority Zeta Phi Beta's colors prominently displayed. And she goes on to say when she saw it, she knew what they were going for. She knew the colors of her sorority, of her beloved sorority. And she kind of sensed that there was an energy going on in this Macy store. So uh, she takes it a step further and starts to assess even more dresses that look like this, that had colors that coordinated with other sororities. So uh, Baker Woods goes on, goes on record by saying, we know when we see our stuff, right? So um, this led her to approach Macy's to to join a kind of a partnership in Macy's ongoing efforts of uh, racial diversity and inclusion to form a line of clothing that show that I guess not pays homage, but uh, what, what what word am I looking for that recognizes black Greek letter organizations in particular sororities and their colors and brings fashion to the storefront. Pause right here. One thing that I can say <laughs> being an alpha man, it, that there are, there are certain places where you get alpha gear. Um, I can't even dream of the possibility of walking into a belt of walking into a Macy's and seeing gear uh, attached to my beloved fraternity in there. I've kind of gotten used to going through other mediums to get that. So um, I want to, I really want to shout out, I really want to shout out uh, Sanetta Baker Woods for not only just seeing this, but taking the next step to, to get involved with Macy's 
and to build what trend what has transpired to be a greek line that macy's is going to sell so um black how did i do did i absorb that the right way did i miss anything because mm. i know there were other women in here too. yeah there were other women but i just didn't know, know that we were men yeah so can i yeah okay I think I've had one too many Walker. Too many what? Not Don't important. answer that. Right. <laughs> Anything else, bro? Uh, no, that's all I got. Offline, I'm gonna ask y'all about Nick Saban um, and Jimbo. For I sure. did not want to bring that to the booth. And I know you was gonna trash that too, so that's why I didn't. Guys, we want to thank y'all for tuning in to the latest and greatest episode. Guys, you know what to do. If you haven't done it already, guys, please, please head on out to social media, IG, Instagram, Twitter. Give us a follow. Keep in, be engaged with us as we continue to put out content there. Also, guys, go to our YouTube page. We're, we're putting out videos. Please check out our latest stuff. We greatly appreciate it. Get hit it. Oh, dude, I'm tripping. May the Lord watch between me and me while we're absent one from another. Go in peace. Have a prosperous, safe week. And as always, I'm Caesar Walker. That guy over there is Ronnie Gatchery, and we are the Tipping Point Podcast. Thanks again for listening.